deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results. Made just for us. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip to the professional-grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girlbomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at Walgreens. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean... You do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it! That's really it! And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) As a high school student. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like (laughs) Change.Dork. Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear, with Shannon Doherty. So in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about marriage, divorce, my family, my career. I'm also going to be talking a lot about cancer, the ups and the downs, everything that I've learned from it. It's going to be a wild ride. So listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hello, here I am. It's Nikki Glazer Podcast. Welcome to the show. It is Thursday. I know. We made it through a whole week. Yeah, we really did. We really did. That's the voice of my um, recurring guest this week. And um, recurring boyfriend. And recurring... <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I gotta say, you're looking... Very handsome today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You look lovely. And so does your mom. And my mom is also here, everyone. Welcome to the show, Julie Glazer and Chris Convy. Thank you. You can hear Chris Convy on The Courtney Show, which is not only a radio show, 
but a um, in in St. Louis if you're here, 106.5 The Arch. But you can also listen on the Arch app if you are not in local. You can listen live on the Arch app, which I do every morning because I am not in my car. Or you can listen to the Courtney Show podcast. And I mean, it's anywhere. A, you, you would, it would be a long way to get through. But we mention Nikki basically every day. <laughs> you you do. I mean, you it's are just a, a part good of. Show. You're just a part of our. It is the fun. fabric of the show. It is fun to be listening and to just like hear them get on get you you guys like will get on a subject that i'm like i know chris has an anecdote of, like yeah and then all of a sudden my name comes up and it's like Boom. it's not even just you like brando and courtney like yeah. i'm i'm in the theme song yeah you're it's in the so theme nice. song it's awesome and then and really we're gonna start talking about you a lot Mrs. would Blazer. you could and, you and noah now now that i know that all these new things about her we're gonna start talking about her a yeah lot we too. just learned well, i mean that I, you I knew the it. fascinating woman well what did knows. you just learn about noah mom <laughs> I just learned that that wasn't her first language. What isn't? English. Yes. I, so what is your first language? Uh, first language is Hebrew. Hebrew. Okay. Got yeah. it. Mrs. Glazer, what are How your do you 15 say- favorite things about Noah? <laughs> no, please don't do this to me. I, I don't, You should know I hate being put on the spot like this. She I, I could name 15 right now, but I'm, I'm not going to have to put her on the spot. But no, I love Noah. Yes. I've been to her home in Arizona. Oh, nice. Yeah, they like hung out when we my mom and dad and- were in Arizona for yeah. a month. Not going to say which one because my mom doesn't want people to know when she's out of town. Exactly. Nikki, if you let people know when I'm out of town, exactly. they're going to come. They're going to steal our, our artifacts. Your dad has artifacts. They're worth a lot of money. He has arrowheads. You guys, do not even bother trying to rob my parents. Oh, man. If, it, take it's, take it's, the driftwood. My mom doesn't do. even know where she's hidden things that are valuable. My mom hides valuable things. And they're they're hidden for what? And good. We'll, Forever. For, like, she doesn't, she'll, she'll hide things and then won't remember where she put them. She ha- sometimes I'm so good at hiding things. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever find things like years later and you're like, I've been looking for this? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> you kidding me? I don't know. Why am I here? Because you could just you could just be me, yeah, Nikki. That would be oh my god the answer to the My home. poor mom. I was in such a tude this morning because I was like running around packing and I'm also trying to stay on vocal rest. And so she's like don't talk, Nikki. Stop talking. And then she's like, are you being good about talking and about not talking? And I'm like, the truth is, I haven't been great about it. And no, that's not what you said. No. Well, I said, said well, I'm telling you. It's none what of my, your business. I said, it's none of your business because here's, <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> but, well, um, but my answer to that was like, do you ever have people ask you a question? And especially like your mom or someone that cares about you. And you know that the answer is not going to be what they want. So you're only, the answer that I was going to give her, if I was being honest, is no. No. I haven't been great. Yeah. And then the answer, the thing that will proceed that, proceed that will be, well, Nick, you got it. Yeah. Like, there's not going to be like, oh. You know it's, exactly well, you where know, the conversation is going. It's only going to be a well, scolding. she thinks she does. Well, what were you going to say if I said, no, mom, I haven't been good? No. Well, you got to be good, Nick. You got to oh, be well, good. Well, I know that. You're not contributing. You have no information to give me uh, after that uh, sentence uh, than just a shame or scold, which I'm already doing to myself every time no, I talk. Here's the thing. Okay. I have not, we have not conversed, period, since you've gotten these polyps. So I, I don't know anything. I've had what, polyps for 20 years, honestly. And well, so you guys probably. haven't talked in a long time. So we haven't talked yeah, for years. Really and this talked, explains you know? it. Yeah. explains why we haven't talked. But no, uh, well, all I was really looking for was, I never heard what the doctor said, what anyone has said Can we to just you. Let's just run the conversation 
and what you would have said if I gave you the right answer. Will you ask me again? Let's just do it. Let's just simulate Nikki, it. It's okay. Oh, if, yeah. Okay. okay. Have you been good with your voice? Honestly, no. Really? What have, what have you been doing? Have you been talking? Yeah. I mean, has the doctor said that's allowed or no, not? No, they said it's not good. Oh, because I didn't know what the doctor said. Okay, well, they said it's not good, and okay, I, well, I've been not following the doctor's orders. Well, I, I, what can I say? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I'm going <laughs> to say not to. I'm not allowed to say anything. <laughs> well, to be a you mom, know. you will never know what well, I said. You know, was there's another say. example of it. Of um, what was the other thing we got into this morning where I was rude to you? God, I mean, it just came right off the bat. Yeah. Just, um, Do you it, remember the first time that Nikki was rude to you? <laughs> <laughs> remember when you were coming out of your, your vagina exactly. and going like, it's too roomy in here. Oh, you were like, Dad, what'd you do? <laughs> you were crying right off the bat. I was like, no, what when did I become is- a bitch? Like, when did Nikki, she's <laughs> right off the bat. We're going to do No, this? when did it like, I do, I do want to know because I'm trying to, I'm kind of, be, become interested in the fact that I might be a little bit autistic because one of the besties sent me a, um, a book recommendation that and then yesterday after the podcast someone wrote me and said you might have borderline personality disorder and then I looked that up and I was like oh god even though the only thing I don't have for borderline I pretty much do all the checklists I don't I don't have fits of anger and I don't even though I want to a lot of times I don't like I do like get upset but I think it's a normal amount people with borderline like scream and oh, okay. like will cut people off really brazenly and just be like like shut people out of their life like in an instant and it's really like you it, it I, that just didn't resonate with me and i sent it to anya who knows me very well and she was like i know people with borderline you don't do this and even though i've wanted yeah. to cut people off and be like we're done here i don't normally follow through on that mm-hmm. but i do have that desire does that make it i don't know i have to get anya goes you have to get diagnosed by a psychiatrist and i was like i do you think I think a bestie is a doctor? Someone DMing me? Of course I know that. But well, there are bestie but, doctors, but sure, not that yeah. one. But there are besties who, you know, either suffer with these things or know people and might have him. And uh, there is something about, you know, Googling what you have and yes. like everything leads to cancer or whatever. But like there are times where you can find out what you are and then go consult a doctor and be like, hey, I read a checklist and some of these things. So anyway... Anyway, I've been reading this book about neurodivergence. In where do I fit in this? I was wondering, as is, am I t- borderline? Like when I was a child, <laughs> I had sensory issues with socks. Yeah, you did. Like I remember just blankets, being, certain blankets, certain socks. Oh, okay. Like what would you? But I understood it kind of. Yeah, what would I do? Well, you would go. No, I can't have that. Or like I don't like that. But you, I just remember being on our in the, the first house we lived in in St. Louis. And having to put on those socks that I had to wear to the Catholic school I went to. And it's part of my uniform. So, like, I have to. And it's, like, also we're new in town. And my mom just doesn't want her daughter to look unpresentable. And, like, I just remember being, like, Nikki, you have to wear these. And it was, like, putting on a, like. Oh, because it's a canvas. It's, like, sandpaper. No, they were just, they're, like, they were nice wool socks that were soft. Mm -hmm. Like, most people like them. But it was just, like hell yeah. i think they were cheaper socks like they were thinner socks than you were used to it just don't Ooh. i don't know no like it it's no. like it was like nails on a chalkboard that's kind of your like it's in your mouth almost stuff like yeah like oh i can feel this like, like you're eating it, it or it, something. It, it. it's like kirsten used to put her socks in her mouth when we'd go to gymnastics just Ooh. to torture me and be like oh. what is this bother me and i'd be like stop it um but when did i become like a straight up like 
when did I start? Because I think a lot of people have never kids. been a bitch. What? Who would say, ever say a child's a bitch anyway? No one would do that. Oh, okay. Maybe I did say that. Oh boy, <laughs> you said it a lot. But that's I understand it because I think I was, and it's like so hard to deal with. Ch- like everyone talks about this. Like everyone I know that has kids that have made it to teenage years, they always say, "I thought I was ready, but it's something happens around this age, and it becomes." very like oh, your kids go from constantly. sweet yeah. to like they You're, are like get away and like i hate you like when did that happen i mean i can remember you throwing fits like when you were three two. three months old <laughs> two i mean you were we could tell that you were just not you were did lauren throw fits not like that <laughs> <laughs> See, what? You what, were, I mean, you were two different you, kids that were to- totally different children. Was I, there any part of you that was like, we should get this looked at? Or was it, no. it wasn't like that extreme? No. Okay. Because yeah. I had a sister kind of, you reminded me of my sister. Peggy? Yeah. Growing up. And I was like, that's... I thought it was kind of normal. I was like, well, that's what little kids do. And me and Peggy are very similar. You kind of are. In our adulthood as well. You definitely are. Right? I think so. That's so weird. But you don't think so. No, I do think so. Oh, okay, good. She's very successful. Yeah. yeah. She's driven. Yeah. She, one time we went to a spinning class together. Spin? Not spinning. Yeah. <laughs> spin, spinning. Spin class. Spin, spin class. I think yeah. it's spinning oh. class, which just be a twirling around. <laughs> no, it's called, sp- oh, sp- It is spin. a spin class. Yeah, it's, it's a spin, spin class. class. Okay. So we went to a spin class I've together. I've never been to one. I hate you that get, they call it. You get really it. dizzy like, at one of them. Just say biking yeah. class, like recumbent, not recumbent, but like stationary bike class. Just say that's that. That's a lot. When it's it started lot. saying yeah. spinning, I was just like, I hate that. It was like kind of erape to me. So, but now I've accepted it. It's part of the lexicon. But I remember we went to a spin class once and she we were so we're both competitive people obviously like that's what makes us driven i think she's she you know she started her own desi- uh, uh graphic design company in san francisco and became a fortune 500 company shortly after like she's so impressive in her field yeah and as this like independent woman like who's just made her own money and like made her own name for herself she's like so impressive so we went to the spin class and we there was just this tacit like com- competition between you know niece and aunt and i have never worked out so hard in my life because i wanted to keep up with her because she's very fit um i threw up i (gasps) fell off the bike and threw up because in the class or you like i got to the bathroom but i i've never vomit like i've heard Will Smith be like, you didn't have a workout unless you oh, yeah. throw up. And I was always up. like, Ew, what? Shut up, Will Smith. I know. It'd be funny if you guys well, were, yeah, slap were, were next to each other in stalls throwing up because you made each other work <laughs> I mean, that, that was later after lunch. But um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. But, just kidding. Wait, I want to hear that. Just kidding. Oh, yeah, there we go. There. That's um, a good one. There's, but yeah. So I'm just reading this book, but it's just making me kind of look at things I was so mad at her when she when you went out there. Why? Because you threw up. You she worked you so hard. She didn't do it. I no yeah, one makes you do I anything. Mean, we went to a spin class. I chose to be like I know those classes. You set your own settings on the bike, and they say, "Hey, if you want to go to an eight, go." But no one's going. Like if you don't, she wasn't like holding a gun to my head. I think you she had you guns. had wine the night before too. Oh, probably. That's why you probably got yeah. sick. No, no, it was because I was working out. <laughs> 
too hard. Well, I know, but you had drinks the night before. I but it was my own fault. She, you, I love when you go, I'm mad at her. It's I like, was mad at her. What did she do? Yeah, she, <laughs> well, no, she's a very... Uh, she, when oh, I go does. visit her, she's like, we're going on a 17-mile hike up this mountain. I'm like... F you. I'm <laughs> not going up that mountain for, you know, she does that to you. She does. And then you feel guilty like a loser if you don't follow through. She's so fit. You, when she comes to St. Louis, you should do the same thing to her. You should be like, we're going to 17 Team Goodwills. Exactly. <laughs> she like, would. See if she can yeah. she with would, you. She'd be throwing yeah. up in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, mostly because like the clothes are filthy. The smell. Yeah. <laughs> she'd be throwing up. Speaking of like feats of endurance. I'm guess how many miles Chris guess how many hours Chris rode his bike last Friday it was Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, okay Sunday. last Sunday in New York City Chris went to visit his friend Vaughn who he's he's Chris is going to Europe in not I'm not gonna say when because his house will be abandoned you might go in there and get don't artifacts. say it then but um that's my mom's role Nick <laughs> don't you guys. ever post when we're out of town <laughs> I don't the let anybody know that I'm out of town gonna come get us <laughs> Um, so he's going out of town. He's going to Europe. Um, what are the dates and what's your address? <laughs> and uh, he is, um, he's going on this bike trip. Explain what you're doing. So I've got, I've got these four friends that we go, we've gone like for several years now on these big bike trips. And one of our friends is just this, he's just an amazing human person. And he sets up these unreal <laughs> bike trips where you're doing like, you know, hundreds of, of miles in a few days and. I hate just, him already. No, it's actually. It's I actually really kind do. Of awesome. I think that's ridiculous. No, it does sound I'm ridiculous. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I wish you did. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Just hit. Thank you. Just kidding. Anyway, we go on these big elaborate trips, and we're going to Iceland, and he's got Iceland. Like, oh, he's got like ooh. four and a half days of just beautiful cycling. We're gonna go see the the uh, the lava. What? There's lava right now. I've yeah, I haven't told you yet. What? Really? Yeah, so there's there's like an active volcano right now. It's not like erupting, but the but, but the, the lava Is it erape? Because that's erape to my ears. Wait, you're going to be Don't be in danger. I'm not going to be Chris, in danger. Chris is a little bit of a ledgehead, which is a thing that we coined. What um, is a ledgehead? It's people that like <laughs> to get close to the ledge when oh. they're taking pictures or when you're like at like Brenna, Andrew coined it. Brenna is a ledge head. Like she will, they will go to like Castlewood Park and there's like a lookout right. and she'll go to a place that's like, if, if by any chance there was some erosion that happened that day, she would fall to her death. But you know, it's not, not likely. Of that. She's just, she just takes it to the next level where it's like, okay, if you, if you got dizzy right now and fell, you would die. And that's not going to happen. But like, but she, I always stand from a distance that even if I like somehow got you started having a seizure, I would not tumble off the mountain. But like ledge heads just live on the edge. And, and You say that she's going to die, but that's just allegedly. Jeez. <laughs> 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 it's not definitely going to happen. And you don't want to be a dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> that joke would have killed on my show. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you are a bit of a ledge head in that way. Like we, when we were in Keene um, up in n New York, there were just times where Chris was just getting a little too close to the ledge. And I was just like, this guy's going to die. And then he was telling me about these bike trips and he's like, I go, I like going fast down the mountain. I'm really bad at going up the hills because I'm not as strong as the other guys I right, go with. It's they're, hard. They're all a lot stronger than I am. But going down the hills. You like to fly. I smash them all. <laughs> well, in that, what he says that he even goes faster down the hills than 
the 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 trainer that you guys or like the guy well no we i i was following closely behind a pro who wasn't going as fast as he could but i was keeping up with a guy who's who's been in like the tour de france and i was it was like probably the proudest i've ever been in my life and he wasn't even trying he was just like letting gravity do its you know its its job that tells me that tells me reckless. that guy is reckless no, first of all no chris because he's chris should not be keeping up chris isn't a pro so the fact that you're going as fast as a pro makes it me he feel like wasn't you wasn't going hey, listen i don't want to make it sound like i was keeping up with a pro because i wasn't i was going down without breaking as much as my friends were was you're going to break a lot. Was this if a you, straight down allegedly. or a gradual? We've talked about this before. When we watched that dumb movie, not it's not a dumb movie, but that guy that like wanted to climb those 13 peaks right. in, in, in oh, a short amount of time. I you talking about Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> you love that reference? <laughs> I don't know why I keep going so back to the well. Um, there's 13 of them. Yeah. <laughs> so we climb. That, that, that's what no, I want to do. I want to watch 13 Fast and Furiouses in, no one's ever done it in one year. Most times it takes seven years to accomplish that. So I'm going to do what that guy did. But anyway, we watched the show and I got so mad at Chris because he was like, there's this one hill or hill. There's this one mountain called K2. And they're like people that climb. Maybe it was Anna Perner or K2, but um, it was like 50% of the people that attempt this die. And I go, because Chris the whole time was like, God, this looks so fun. I would love to do this stuff. And I'm just like kind of keeping my K2. mouth. No, just, you know, about the other mountains that aren't as treacherous. And then we get to K2 and I go, would you do that one? And he's like, yeah. And I go, with the 50% chance of dying, you would do that. And he goes, yeah. yeah. I've wanted to do all of that for a while. But it's just casually the way people are just like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. Or like, I want to do these oh, cool things. I don't want but I would to absolutely, die. If somebody would, if I could get somebody to fund the whole project, I would be like, yeah, I'd be there tomorrow. I'd start training. But with a 50% chance of dying. Yes. They do Why? not. Because people don't 50% chance no, going up K2. Mom, yes. The one is. in Everest. Mom, yes, I swear to God, it was on this documentary. That is the stat. 50% of people who attempt it, or maybe it's like, let's say it's 25%. Why would you do something where the people who train to do this, 25% of them die? Why would you do that? I don't understand it. It was because it would be awesome. But you have, (laughs) you only have one life. Listen, is anything worth that in life? For that is like an accomplishment like that would make you I think that would that would change you fundamentally if you could accomplish yeah, something like that change you because you won't be existing anymore there's Allegedly. a 25% I but I really don't understand that there's nothing there's no thing in the world that I would do for the experience that was a 25% chance of me dying no no thing you mm. really wouldn't like if you if if, if you, like what is a big dream of yours? Like be, uh, oh, well, you know well, how performing with Taylor yeah. Swift at a, in an, an arena show at Madison Square Garden. And there was a twenty five percent chance that never, you could. never in a million years would I do that because I want to live. Yeah, and I, that is I, a high I, percentage of dying. I we got to go to break. We'll t- explore this more when we get back right after this. Andrew, Andrew. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Bomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girl Bomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is so important. 
With Conair Girl Bomb's ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, we're reclaiming our self care journey with precision and power, the kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all you 20-somethings out there. Are you tired of pretending like you have it all figured out? Well, guess what? You're not alone. Get ready to embrace the chaos with the premiere of the fourth season of Crying in Public. Join me, your host, Sydney Winter, as I take the mic solo for the very first time. I'm here to share the good, the bad, and the downright awkward of navigating this crazy thing we call girlhood. Consider this your go-to guide for surviving your 20s with style and grace. Well, for the most part. From dissecting mysteries of modern dating to surviving and thriving in a daily grind of adulting, crying in public covers it all. And then some. So grab your headphones, we're about to get real, raw, and a little ridiculous. And let's face it, life's too short to pretend like we've got it all together. It's time to embrace the chaos. So don't miss out on the laughs, the tears, and the inevitable existential crisis. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Professional dancer Cheryl Burke has been part of Dancing with the Stars since the very beginning. 26 seasons of the Samba, the Rumba, and the Cha-Cha. 24 partners, six finals, and two Mirabal trophies. She knows all the secrets, the behind the scenes arguments, and the affairs, the flings, the flirting, and the fighting. It's time to tell all on her new podcast, Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans. We'll take you all the way back to season one and up through today 
for the dance floor drama like you wouldn't believe. Former partners, co-stars, friends and frenemies will join Cheryl each week. Listen to Sex, Lies and Spray Tans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, what, what would you say, Mom? Well, I mean, I feel bad. Andrew's gone. <laughs> Chris yeah. and I are taking his place. Andrew's in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. What? And he's having a what? good old time. He yeah. lives in an apartment. What? What? While he's out oh, of town. Oh, he's out of town. Mom's worried Just, about- I'm worried about Andrew's apartment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I would even worry about it. Apartment 2C. Yeah, we wouldn't want anyone stealing his... His, Willie Nelson t-shirt golf clubs so. oh, yeah, oh his clubs yeah. that is oh, the thing God. his clubs his precious clubs those are probably locked up no knowing Andrew they do well, they keep our building nice is very secure do you think secure. he keeps them in his apartment yeah. in a do you think in they a closet, have a place? but I also think he probably just keeps them in his trunk in his car because he goes so often yeah so his car is parked on the second level I figured they just slept in between <laughs> Brenna, Brenna and Andrew <laughs> he does love them in their king size he does love them. <laughs> they do have a king size bed, and oh, babe, yeah. we gotta. You have to. I have to. I the can't other do night, this I can't. I can't do yeah. it anymore either. Like, I we were talking last night about like our relationship and like things that we want to do to to show each other like we're in this. And and I was like, I was on a run the other day, and I was like, getting a king size bed will be a message to Chris. I care about mm-hmm. him and his comfort. I haven't wanted to to say it because it's just like I'm not gonna pressure. <gasps> my sweet lady into like getting a king size bed when she's got a bed that she really is happy with. I'm not happy but with it. But this is the greatest news. This well, is the best thing that happened to our relationship. It is yeah, the best easy. thing that we ever did. Your I'm getting a king size bed. I'm not kidding like, you. Like right now. Like let, I'm ordering Can it I as soon as we get off. One? You are sniping in so quick. I think you should get the king size and give so me your you old one. Can I, but but you I, just said the best thing you ever did was I have a queen. Why do you want to go back? Because I need one for the extra bedroom. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, just you kidding. can have it. All right. Just kidding. Just, just kidding. kidding. <laughs> Say it with it. One, two, three. Just, just kidding. kidding. <laughs> do it again. 3D one, radio. Two, three. Just kidding. <laughs> this is the whole episode. Um, Love that. Yeah, mom, is there anything you would do with a 25% chance of dying? And I know smoking is something you did for 33 years of your life. So that was kind of maybe. God, you've got that thing. How'd you know 33? I just had to actually go to the doctor yesterday and get all this lung stuff done. And what what, what did we see? Well, I I haven't told you all this, but uh, my last time I went to the doctor, I. Oh, that's much better. The last Get time, in. last time I went to the doctor, I mean, I've had, uh, you know, I've had a collapsed lung before, yeah, and I've, I haven't smoked for fourteen years. I know my mom quit. How'd you quit? Cold turkey. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You use the Alan Carr method, mom. Well, that, that was cold turkey. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's saying you, you I'm not can, smoking anymore. No, but you can smoke the whole time you're reading the book. Yeah, no, that book. And is then what at the end of the to... book, you stop smoking. <laughs> you do, but that's not cold turkey. Cold turkey is not using any method. That's a method. It's a same. You, you got to give him shout out. I got to give a shout out. That's gonna help people quit smoking. Yeah, because cold I, turkey does not work. You will go back to it. It's people. People have had success with that, but the Alan Carr method is how you quit smoking. Okay. All right. Well, I, I definitely have to give it credit. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, on my last uh, report, I did had a, a whole um, 
physical and uh, it came back. Like I'm reading the bylines underneath and it said emphysema. And I called my doctor. I said, oh my God, it says I have emphysema. She said, no, you don't. So she said, let me call the what? Tech- call, let me call the technician. So I was like freaking out. I didn't want to tell you any of this because uh, I didn't know what was going on. So yesterday, I took six months to get into this pulmonary doctor that I had to go through all these tests yesterday. And pulmonary, pulmonary, Doctor Maneri. Okay, pulmonary, <laughs> Doctor Pulmonary. <laughs> I hear he's good. He's so good. He's oh actually God. a podiatrist. He gave me great news, but... Did you dare make fun of my dad joke? <laughs> Is How that your dare t- you? No, the other one. I don't even want to mention it anymore. Okay. It wouldn't have killed on my show. It would have gotten a lot of eye rolls. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I liked it. Uh, so I went through all these tests, and then you get an X-ray and. I went into this doctor to, all morning. Wait, so for six months, you thought you might have emphysema? Yeah. And you didn't tell me? Yeah. Because, because, because it's none of my business? <laughs> because it's none of your business. <laughs> okay. Well, um, it is kind of your business. You are my daughter. So I was going to, yeah. I was gonna, after I found out the test and stuff. Well, we don't talk that often. So it's, yeah. Six what, months is nothing the for la- us. It's the polyps thing that yeah, we haven't yeah. talked about. So. Okay. Anyway, it turns out she's like, you have, she said, I wouldn't have even seen this on the x ray. You have great lung capacity. All She said, you have so little emphysema that it's not worth talking about. <laughs> but you do have it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I smoked. You, you, you just get emphysema. You, if you smoke for probably. Years. But she said, it's not going to get any worse. Oh, my God. Nice. Yeah. She said, it is so faint. You can't, she said, I couldn't have seen this. And the other doctor looked at it. He couldn't see it. Your lungs are so tiny. They're so tiny. You can't even see that. Your emphysema is so skinny. <laughs> Wait a second. I cannot believe What's your emphysema it. secret? <laughs> it's called <laughs> green tea. <laughs> a green tea is great. And vodka. It uh, keeps it at bay. Wait, just that's kidding. so exciting. I know. It's a just kidding. No. <laughs> you just said just kidding. You just ruined my whole story with no, that I didn't. just kidding button. No, you just said just kidding. I had to, uh, you know, em- emphasize it. Anyway, it, it was all good news to me. I was like, that's so oh, great. Celebrate. Oh my God. Because that yeah. is scary. Like when you know, people are always like, well, why would you smoke months. when you know what could happen? Yeah. Like it was, the whole time I'm smart. watching Casablanca, I'm like, one of my questions for that movie was like, Everyone's smoking all the mm-hmm. time in that movie. Literally every single scene is just smoke. And, and that's just the way it was back then in the 40s, like 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I mean, smoking indoors all the time. Didn't when did everyone realize, didn't everyone feel sick all the time? Like I feel so, when I smoked, I felt sick all, like you're oh. constantly breathing in a smokestack. Like you feel tired, like didn't, People no. feel like this is killing us. Like, how do they not know? No. But the truth is, even if you know something's killing you, it's not. If, so, it, yeah, if it worked my to 25%. see disgusting lungs or d- if it worked to see like to know Surgeon's General Warning and have these graphic pictures on cigarettes, it do- that doesn't work. Like that does not deter people from doing it. There's a cognitive dissonance there that you're going to be the exception. Like, um, that's right. So it doesn't work that, but um, my favorite Norm Macdonald joke that I can remember off the top of my head is like, hey, you ever see, uh, you ever see a picture of a smoker's lung? It's disgusting. disgusting. You ever see a picture of a healthy lung? It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it is like the same thing. Uh, what's your favorite Norm joke? 
off the top. Oh my god, off the top of my head? Yeah, I mean like. Well, just I mean, do you want me to go into the moth joke? No, no, no. <laughs> it's like the mo- that's like the moth storytelling show. <laughs> um, I mean, the one that I I think just popped into my. I mean, God, there's so many good ones. The one that just popped into my head was um, the one about. Uh, oh man, I just want to do like a hundred of them. I heard a good joke from Jesselnick yesterday. Growing up, my family moved all the time, but now they're all fat pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a norm joke? No, no, it's just a uh, like joke. Yeah, but a it was like, usually his jokes are very long, and then the end, it's like right. someone's dead or molested. Yeah. That one was just like one, two, and I really liked it. That's funny. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of like quick norm jokes but there you well there's one that was like he's like have you seen these i mean i just there's so many of them that i love this isn't the one that i love the most it's the one i remembered first but he's like um these uh olympic events they're getting crazy i saw this guy uh run run 1500 miles and then fish (laughs) (laughs) that was bad no No, that's funny it was so good um i yeah we, we chris and i were talking about like stand-up jokes or like just observations and i really loved the one like you said that what was the one you had chris that you were like it about um talking to people in your car can you share it which is what like when you're you're like i don't always but oh, yeah, when i do those- <laughs> i like this one <laughs> those memes that are like i'm looking at my favorite norm jokes right now but yeah. uh those memes that are like i don't always do blah 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 but when i do i da 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 yeah Mine was, I don't always, when I communicate, what did I say? It was like, I don't always uh, communicate with cars on the road, but when I do, I talk like this and make motions with my hands. <laughs> yeah, so and, and let little bits of volume come out of my like, right, so you got to roll down you your, your gas here. tank. Your gas tank is open. But you're not even so whispering. Weird. You're just like, it's even worse. It's like, you're it's open. such a weird noise. Why are you <laughs> sort of talking? You were like, That's I sound fun. like Marley Matlin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's, here's a good Norm one. You know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, do you know any stand-up jokes that like, you are a big oh. fan of Kathy Griffin. I know. Oh, I knew you put me on the spot about remembering. My voice coach works with her. Are you kidding? No. I once walked in on my parents having sex. It was the most embarrassing 30 minutes of my life. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. No, I can't think of any. Isn't it funny? Like, you can consume stand up all the time. And you, like, even for me, I'll go to a whole entire show and I'll laugh the whole time. And I won't remember a single fucking joke. Like you can't re-tell a jo- single joke. What you know? Yeah, I've no. read a lot about this, and it's and I've probably said this before, but it bears repeating that when you go to a stand-up show, that's why the opener is the most important joke, and then the close, the opener and the closer, the middle does not matter. Um, and if you're doing a special, the end is actually the least important because people usually don't even get to that anyway. The opener is always the most important. People, um, in life understand the first and last of something, and people usually remember jokes they don't like versus the joke they liked the most because evolutionarily it is more important for us to remember things that cause us pain or cause us suffering so that we don't eat that berry again. We don't travel down that path that has a grizzly bear on it 
uh, that's going to serve us more for survival right. than like remembering like, oh, that made me feel like happy. Yeah, that yeah, makes like, sense. What I'll remember after this podcast is not remembering any Norm jokes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> here's, another You're one so I, right. here's another one I love. It's um, ID is a strange abbreviation. I is short for I, and D is short for identification. <laughs> 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 so good. Oh God! It's is it like for him? It's like delivery or the joke itself i can't really tell because when you said that joke it's hard to separate uh, hearing, those two yeah yeah i loved his special so his latest quote-unquote special so much i know the people that whole thing where spade and uh letterman and uh molly shannon and chappelle were all talking about it afterwards it's and, sandler. Netflix, and, and sandler and conan that was so uncomfortable and i really did not like that but i liked the special so much and I thought it was so funny. I thought it did count as a stand-up special. I thought it was everything. It was pretty much what Bo Burnham did in ter- like just without an audience and just quietly in his room. Like I thought it was just as satisfying as the stand-up special. I really was like, this could be the new model. Like I would watch someone just at their computer telling jokes to a screen. I don't need to see crowd shots. I don't need to hear laughter right. to understand yeah. when I should laugh. Like that stuff does help and it even helps me like Laughter is contagious. Um, I think it also helps that both of those guys, like you could do it, and, and it, there's a, you know, like a, does a few dozen comics that could do it, but you kind of have to have the gravitas of a Bo Burnham yes. or a Norm MacDonald. Like yes. those guys, they're great, incredible performers. So like, right. you, you can't just be, you but know, anybody. The stand-up I hate is the stuff that is bolstered by the audience and the, and the pauses and the looks after they hit the punchline of... Yeah, and what's essentially a laugh track. <gasps> yes, it's like those those comedians that if you, I'm someone Isn't who's- Isn't that a gift to be able to- No, I hate, if I get a big laugh, you will notice I will step on the laughter because I just feel so self-indulgent, like <laughs> writing it out and being like, isn't that a gift I just gave you, everyone? Because as a comedian, you, are, you can ride those waves yeah. and you can abuse that. If you, I'm not trying to brag- but if you watch my special and add up the amount of words I say versus anyone else's hour, I guarantee you it's not just because I talk fast. It's because I'm not letting those moments like and and probably to my detriment, like some people like when p- things breathe and like you, that you don't you allow the audience to like the laughter to die down and then you take a breath. I think it is so self-indulgent. I am someone I've never understood comedians who after a show stand out and wave and take it all in <laughs> yeah, and don't... walk from the side of the stage to the in what, Canada. Remember? Yes, yes, yes. But they, what I like what you do is you, you're out of there. But I, I kind of assumed a lot of this stuff was because it's just a natural part of your personality to talk fast and get through things. Yes. But I do like how you're not basking in it like like a bunch of other people do. And we know who we know who they are. But yeah. what I do like is you don't sit there and try to take it all in in like that setting in front of everybody. You go talk to people afterwards. Yes. So like that's what that's what you like kind of that oh, one-on-one interaction so with people because you like a little bit more. Well, I just don't. What were you saying, Noah? I feel like people need no, to get was, home to their babysitters. But I will say at the same time, when I went to see Dave Matthews in the year 2000, I had the best seats that I ever had, 16th row at Riverport. He, when he said good night, I wanted him to stay out there so freaking long. So as a fan, I do. I just feel like 
I've already done an hour and a half. These people are tired. They want to get home. That's too much talking anyway. I've overindulged in talking. I, I, I need to leave the stage. These people need to get to their cars and get the fuck home and relieve the babysitter. And when you say an hour and a half, you really mean two hours and 15 minutes, right? Like <laughs> me talking an hour and a half, but the whole show itself. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes. Well, like, no, you, I've been at shows where you where you go to like two hours. And yes. It's funny the whole time. It's That's too much. And I feel bad that I do that. And, and that is me without taking these long, these comedians. I, I don't understand. It is just a different... That's they they want to bask yeah. in this. They but like they, it. But stop Can it. I just you're just saying as like joke. an audience member. To, yeah. As an audience member, like all these things that you're pointing out, it makes sense to me now listening to you dissect it. But when I'm in a, at a comedy show and I've and I like all the different comedians, even the ones that you don't like, I'm too stupid to know their techniques. And I don't care. I'm just there to enjoy the, the jokes and the laughs. I know, I. but as someone who knows the tricks, it bugs me. I guess it's just like, I don't, if you were in, in a, like, it, it's like anything, when you can see people within yeah. your profession not doing it earnestly and not actually sure. getting, when you see the, and I've used tricks before, I've admitted to this on the podcast, there are definitely road hack tricks that yeah. like, Every comedian does laughing at your own joke, you know, hitting your leg, acting yeah. like it's the first time you say it. That's Chappelle thing of like, oh my god, that's so funny. Like I, everything I say, up. it's it makes everyone laugh. It makes me laugh. It tricks me. Like there's these things that I utilize. I'm not a perfect person, but I am. There is this thing in comedy that I just I can't stand the gloating afterwards. And but I will say that as a as a fan, Dave Matthews, when I lingered at that 2000 show. I got on my seat and I everyone started going to their cars and Dave was still on the side of the stage kind of still waving and he saw me and I was one of the only ones still fucking jumping up and down and waving and he waved he like waved directly at me and I had a moment with Dave Matthews before the moment where I told him I was in his sphere and also before the moment where I told him that he should play a song that's funky and he did not like it so this was my the only good moment I've had with Dave Matthews was in the year 2000 like September Pre nine eleven, and Dave Dave definitely saw me in that matter to me that moment. What's your what is like a favorite type of thing a bestie can do or does at a show or like what is what is the thing that you like at the shows after the shows right when you're like when you are waving or whatever. Goodnight. I love and I love you. I love when they cry. I love when they shake. Some of them are very embarrassed because they're like I'm shaking. This is like. I love all that because it's real. Like whatever's yeah. real for you. I don't care if what's real for you is like. I'm sorry, I kind of want to fuck you. Like, if that's real for you, say it. Like, don't touch me. But, like, you can say whatever you want. I might go, well, that's a weird thing to say. But, like, you know, as long as they're being honest, I don't want anyone to try to be kuh. Yeah. Just don't be kuh. Just yeah. be yourself. And that's what I like. Mrs. Glazer, when your fans come up to you, what are, what are some of your favorite sort of... Well, I do oh, like good. when they don't touch me <laughs> or hug me. You don't like that? I don't like hugs. Really? Oh, From no. anybody? From strangers? No. Okay. You don't like how... The smell. Yeah. Back to my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, you got a lot of you've gotten a lot of attention from the TV oh show. Oh my right? god, no, not really. Oh, yes, really? she has. Not really. No, people are. I mean, just a few people recognize me, and they're like, "But if you were like actively online and knew how to read your message requests and like things like that, you would see you would be getting." flooded with stuff that's really? where i get most of my love is like dms okay. and if you did meet and greets after your grocery store runs you would also be <laughs> you should do a, a meet more. and greet at goodwill's I'm, I'm all around the city you should do a yes. little tour well 
I did get recognized the other day by this codgery old guy. I was like, oh, God. He's like, movie star. I'm like, what? Saw you on a commercial or something. I know. They always have to like. daughter. Well, that's. See, that's not nice. It's, it was just this weird. Movie star. Because yeah. they're jealous. And so they have to do the thing of like. Oh, you think you're big time. It's like, no, you think I'm big time. And that is why you're saying movie star. You're jealous that you think that I think I'm better than you when I don't think I'm better than you. You are thinking that you that I think I'm better than you because you're insecure that you could never be on TV. And it is kind of your dream, wow. isn't it, you old cadre man? So you have to say, movie star. I don't think I'm a movie star. You do, Well, clearly. I've never been in a movie. No, so I don't know what he's talking about. Let's go to break. We'll be right back. Just get. I'll put you in one. Um, um, we'll be right back with uh, Fan Brenna. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Girlbomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girlbomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is so important. With Conair Girlbomb's ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, we're reclaiming our self-care journey with precision and power, the kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good, and there's nothing more empowering than that. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. 
It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all you 20-somethings out there. Are you tired of pretending like you have it all figured out? Well, guess what? You're not alone. Get ready to embrace the chaos with the premiere of the fourth season of Crying in Public. Join me, your host, Sydney Winter, as I take the mic solo for the very first time. I'm here to share the good, the bad, and the downright awkward of navigating this crazy thing we call girlhood. Consider this your go-to guide for surviving your 20s with style and grace. Well, for the most part. From dissecting mysteries of modern dating to surviving and thriving in a daily grind of adulting, crying in public covers it all and then some. So grab your headphones, because you're about to get real, raw, and a little ridiculous. And let's face it, life's too short to pretend like we've got it all together. It's time to embrace the chaos. So don't miss out on the laughs, the tears, and the inevitable existential crisis. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Professional dancer Cheryl Burke has been part of Dancing with the Stars since the very beginning. 26 seasons of the Samba, the Rumba, and the Cha-Cha. 24 partners, 6 finals, and 2 Mirabal trophies. She knows all the secrets, the behind-the-scenes arguments, and the affairs, the flings, the flirting, and the fighting. It's time to tell all on her new podcast, Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans. We'll take you all the way back to season 1 and up through today for the dance floor drama like you wouldn't believe. Former partners... Co-stars, friends, and frenemies will join Cheryl each week. Listen to Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. She knows everything. Welcome back to the show. No, my mom during the break was like, I'm gonna go get my coffee. And Noah goes, I think there, I think there, um, actually, Julie, I think there is a coffee cup right God, next to you. Does she imitate everyone? And it's, How's Chris? What do you it. how do you imitate Chris? I, I don't have uh, that. Nikki, uh, I love you so much. Yeah, my girl. Glaze. <laughs> no, you're, gr- you're great. <laughs> Glaze. No, no, really, you're great. <laughs> Do you, you have to have something, right? What? Some sort of impression. That's what was my impression. Oh. I'm like, ah, you didn't. You like, haven't perfected if, it yet. You're you great know, at Nikki. What people don't may not know, do people know how great you are at two second impressions? Do, have you talked about two second yeah, impressions on this? I think people oh. get a sense of it on the show a little bit because okay. we'll drop into it sometimes. I don't know but if I don't besties really can know how good you've been at all that stuff. The thing is, I, I realize I'm not I'm so not as good at impressions as Anya and Kirsten. Being around them and they're just cursory impressions, they are so fucking good. It's it's really insane how good they are. But and you like I could be better. You are really She's good. So at good. You, oh my god! Yeah. It's just Things fall in my vocal range. Yeah, I can well, do, do 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 Aniston if I was. Well, it. for you, I will say that um, I can. Oh, the other day, by the way, Melissa Villasenor, um, she like was writing me and was like, "I just want to let you know, like your special was amazing." <laughs> you know, like she was like she wrote me about my special. It was very nice. And then she was like, "And is. I'm working on an impression of you." She's like, "Like guys, like I don't know, like." old souls it's not a thing like she did it and it was very flattering and it was actually really good and i was like thank you it's the first time someone's not done an impression of me that's like oh god i hate that like every time someone does an impression of me it sounds like the guy from love on the spectrum season two where he's like Uh i can't find my sword oh this is not working i lost my debit card dad this is not good 
Oh God, Dad, where's my cloak and dagger? Um, I know exactly who you're Chris, talking about. Yeah, I do too. It's good. It's yeah. a great impression. It's He's pretty good. very me. Like, um, but so my impression. The thing I will say is that I I don't do an impression of Chris, but Chris's mannerisms have worked their way into my stand-up. Like anytime you hear me go, and you know, oh, that's what you do. Like kind of jackpot. That like jackpot. Oh. That is something I've picked up from Chris. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a good. And one. You know what? I think we're gonna do it. Like that is something. I mean, this goes back to 2013, 14. Where, yeah, because I don't even know if I'm doing that anymore. I don't think you are, but I got that from you initially. It's funny because I'm like, when I when you do that on stage, I'm like, ah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> I like it. That's really that? Yeah, that's you. Have you have has Mister Glazer? Have you been on the podcast before? I have no yes. idea. Okay, so people have like explored your relationship. Get and- it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, can I just hold that button and do that? Yes. Um, <laughs> you can. Yeah, we've. Yeah. I wish we could explore it right now, but we have to get to Fanthrax, oh, which fan is our. Thrax, um, sorry. Yeah, our uh, messages from besties about the show, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear these. Actually, is there a section for corrections and compliments? You know what? That's kind of like a part of the voice messages, so they can go onto our Instagram and um, okay. they can send voice memos to us through this link and like um and and let and they let us know sometimes like hey you were talking about this and actually this was yeah so like if okay, you cool. ever want to like write into the show I could do a, a c- absolutely correction and compliment a fanfrax okay, but yeah. I can't do it on the show today. No, you can do it right now. Okay, cool. You want to start us well, off? I don't want to mess with Fanthrax. Okay. Fanthrax no, is, you can, is the we best. Can do live, we can do a live Fanthrax. Okay. Um, you can start let's us start off. To but let's get to Fanthrax. <laughs> Welcome to Fanthrax. is the part of the show where we hear from people, our listeners, about the show, compliments, criticisms, not really criticisms, but corrections. And we've got our first one live here in studio. Well, let's do the other ones because then I'll then I'll just hear You'll, the vibe of them and then I'll pepper gotcha. mine in. Is that okay? I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's get a sense of it. Let's do the first one, Noah. Okay. Let's start with uh, India. Hi, Nikki. My name is India. I'm a longtime listener here. Big fan of you guys. I was listening to your segment on gibberish, and I'm so excited. I've been speaking gibberish with my mother since I was five years old. Mm-hmm. She's the only other person I knew who knew about it, so I'm starting to think she made it up until I heard you guys talking about it. Um, I did want to chime in. The way that I have um, best taught people yeah. how to speak it, you had it right when you said break it up into syllables, but the best way after that is that you add the, the g to the vowel in each syllable. So my name, India, like the country, is Ithigin Didigi Ithiga, Ithigin Didigi Ithiga. Yes. Andrew Ithigan Dridigu, Nikki Nivigik Givigi. Add it to the Noah, vowel. Noah Nivigo Ithiga. So adding the Ithiga to the uh, vowels in each syllable has helped me teach people, though, you know, nobody picks it up except for me and my mom, which we use all the time. Anyway, big fan. Thank you guys. To the gang, the goo, the gindi, the guy, the guy with the guns with the gunder, the gur, the gang, the gif, you the goo, the gif, the gur, the gird, the guf, the gorse, you the goof, the gird, the gus, the gong, but the guy, the gu, the gu, the gan, the gism, the gore, the gus, the get, the gank, the goo. In that song, she's Kazoon like, tight. "Thank you, India. <laughs> Thank you." <laughs> no, I loved it. <laughs> Oh, Noah, it just, it just warms my heart Noah's over so there. Cute. I love when Noah has a burst. It's so cute. Uh, and it really is the best. It feels so good. perfect. 
Wait, I can't that believe that That is exactly that how I feel when Nikki gets into these gibberish things because no matter how many times you explain it, I, my brain just can't. Well, maybe well, now yeah. you can get it and because you exactly add it to the vowel. And tight. And no one knows several languages too. And she I know, I, just, I was just going to make that oh. joke. This, this could be your third, Noah. <laughs> oh my God. No, Nikki, you would never teach me that. If the guy with the good to the gee to the your, yeah. That was your secret but language. But that's the, the gats of the gal with the gee to the gawt, the gub with the gout green vase. Did you um, make this? Did you make this up with Kirsten? No, this or was something this like we a, learned on spring break from some boys that we met, like on the beach. What that taught us. boys? It was before I met you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it was before I met you, so yeah. I didn't talk like this to those boys. I promise, I didn't talk like that to those boys. Thank I, God. And and anyone I met in spring break in high school, we know from me having Daniel, uh, the bestie on the show, a guy I met one of the Alabama boys we met on spring break. I was not hooking up with boys. There was right. no hanky panky going on. If anything, there was like the hokey pokey going on, and we were dancing to that. <laughs> that was the most. Dan- I was not grinding on anyone. I was like that- maybe going to grind coffee. Have you used that the- joke? The no. hanky panky hokey no, pokey. No. That's good. We bring. The- you need to bring that. To, okay. Well, to the remind show. me yeah. of that. You should do that. All right. Sometime. Um, are you ready for your one, or do you want to get? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do a. I'll do a correction, and then later I'll do a correction and a compliment. Well, one correction. Yesterday, I was. I. T- I chose accuracy over what I actually felt during something on the, that we talked about on the podcast. And you were like, what do you, you didn't say it was a great show. And I was like, no, I saw, I said, this is great television. And yes, your show F boy Island is a great television show. You're the best host of any reality show I've ever seen. I've watched a lot of reality TV. You are by far the best, best host. You do things that no host has ever done. And you're, and you're funny and you're saying yeah. things that people at home would want would be thinking or saying or like the funny version of those things so i just want to clarify that's so nice i could tell that it didn't sit right with you and it's true it is a great tv show and you're great at it thank you you're welcome that's a that is really first first correction i appreciate that noah are you still there because you just went blank on the screen oh yeah i'm still here and on that note can i play a voicemail about f boy yes please okay yeah thank you chris thank you babe Hello, it's Bestie Bad Boy Riri. I love you, Noah, Nikki, and Andrew so much. I um started some F Boy drama. I was stumbling upon Nikki's uh, stories, and then I started watching that you know that cute comedian on F Boy Island. I forget his name, Benedict, but um, that guy. And I clicked on Mia, and I was like, oh, "Let's see what this gorgeous girl's doing." And she was live, so I started watching the live, and I commented. Peter gives me small D energy and she started uncontrollably laughing and I I was shocked and everyone was saying you have to, you know, you can't say anything and alive. And she had also confirmed that she's not with Peter. Girl, I'm just stirring up trauma and I sincerely apologize, but uh, you know, I'm living my grandma life here in the suburbs of Chicago and uh, it was an accident. Nikki, please get on live again. I just need to listen to you oh sing Taylor God. Swift and not stir up F-Boy Island I love tea. You. But, you know, tell that comedian Danny to hit me up, if anything. Dan love Benedict. you all so oh, much. Benedict, I think. Um, okay. Wh- wh- who is this? Bad Boy Riri? Is that what he said his name was? Yes. Um, Bad Boy Riri. You are so cute. I fucking love you. And I want to be friends with you. Um, did you say he gives you small dick energy because peter is an asian man or is it something else because 
not a fan of that stereotype. I'm kind of not a fan of any of that shaming sort of situation at all anyway. This man seems like he, the way he's talking, he seems like he might know about penises. Yeah. So I feel like he has a right to kind of maybe say that stuff more because he has one. I don't like when girls do it, but for some reason when gay guys do it, I, it's not my favorite, but that's, I'm not shaming you. Right. Big boy, Riri, I appreciate well, you. Well, I mean, let's be honest. This guy's got. His name is, is Big Boy. Yeah. This guy like, has. He, yeah. BD. Bad boy. Yes. He's punching oh, down, which boy. I don't that's love. Right. right. Well, he also said he's a grandma in the suburbs of Chicago. He's maybe was having a bad day and like needed, like was maybe, I get it. And listen, and this, he did not mean to stir up drama. But what about Peter is like that though? I don't, I don't, I don't think me, I necessarily. That's what I'm saying. I think it might just be, but to me, could he it does be not, the hype he has thing? total BDE to me. Um, be- uh, Peter, what? Because could it be the height thing? Because Peter and the cameras kind of blurred how oh, the like the height difference between oh, Mia yeah, and Yeah, Mia Peter. is very tall. Mia's like 5'11 and Peter's oh probably, God. I'm height blind as you know. Yeah, thank God. I know. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm <laughs> guessing Peter's like, Five, nine, ten, I don't know, but he literally could be six two. I don't like that's it's I'm not good at guessing. He seems smaller than most of the other guys out there. I would say that he's probably five eight, but I actually don't know. I think but as as a lady who's been with shorter guys, that has nothing to do with been with. Just, you know, spiritually. Like been standing I, next to. One yeah. thing that and I... when d- I feel their penis is sitting <laughs> next to me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. One thing He's that I, I didn't expect... <laughs> <laughs> I love my fans. <laughs> That's a nice greet. Uh, <laughs> That's some nice meat. <laughs> oh, Clay. Come on. Clay's. Um, one thing I didn't expect was to like so many of the guys on the show. I know. Aren't they nice? Yeah, a few of them yeah. are just like, these guys are great. They're like funny. They're like so natural. And yes. so like so much of themselves. And you you just don't expect, you think they're all just going to be a bunch of D-bags. But so much of them are like cool. Even Mercedes. Like Mercedes, who is the biggest F-boy. And like you watch him and you just go, God, this fucking snake. You know what? There was something endearing about him. Remember when Lukash during the um, mansplain oh, comes out as bisexual and announces that he God. is attracted to Mercedes? Mercedes is a very straight man and I was very scared during that moment on the show that Mercedes was going to like be like that's some gay shit don't fucking involve me in that and like right. lash out because I had heard rumors that Mercedes had sort of a temper kind of thing which was addressed on the show and we, which we saw on the show so I was very nervous about that but I lo- there was something that made me love Mercedes so much when he just goes I like you I like you too Lukash <laughs> well thanks Lukash and then he could just he accepted it he didn't yeah. have this like a lot of and I know that in black culture, there is a lot of like anything gay is like, fuck you. Like it's 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 different. I've, I've heard that maybe I'm totally off base, but I've heard that, you know, that's why the down low exists. Like men are not able to be openly gay or like, y- you know, even a little bit Catholic There's like maybe boy. an extra stigma. Yes. And so I even. And just the I'm fact that he was able to take that and handle that situation. Yes. such a, He seems like the, the smoothest person yes. alive. A- yeah. Alive. For sure. And yeah. I, you know what? As much as I'm like, I don't like how he, you know, talk to people. I didn't see the last one. You know that when he calls people a fucking idiot or calls them goofy and like, it's just like, I'm, you know, I'm a 50 point lead. I didn't like all that. There's something about me that goes, 
this guy, this kid has been told he's a fucking idiot a lot in his life, and I feel sad for him. But that doesn't excuse it. But there's right. something I can. Fu- there's something there's broken. Endearing things about the f boys. I think to be an f boy, you have to be to be an f boy at the at the level that those guys are. There has to be something a little bit broken about you. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Like you to to need that's all why of I that. Say the f stands for fragile. Oh yeah, that's really good. Who Mrs. Glazer? Who are some of your favorite? F boys, do you remember yeah. any of their names? Like, are there guys uh, that you're like, oh, you're rooting for that you're well, like? I already. She loved the comedian Benedict. Oh, I do like Which, him. Which, by the way, Benedict. But I haven't seen the last one. Benedict, so. if you come, I'm only keeping one tour date um, because I'm getting vocal surgery um, in early September. I'm only keeping one date. I'm kind of clearing my schedule, so there's going to be rescheduling for a lot of shows. Um, but september 2nd in vegas i am keeping that i thought i I thought i was i didn't even realize it was a date that but anyway september 2nd in vegas if you come to see me you will see benedict pelosi oh that's awesome open for me so it's going to be an f boy show i'm very excited to have him on the show i think people are going to be so excited to watch him because we he was so funny on the show and we wanted to get a chance to see but I want to get a chance to see a stand up. I know from experience that the way you're portrayed on reality TV isn't necessarily the way exactly. you are in real life. Yes. But I think Benedict came off every I'm rooting for him big time in all in every single situation. Yes. I'm yeah, he for seems him. like a really good guy. Me I too. picked him from the get go. Well, I as am, a nice guy, honestly. You knew. I, I liked him. Yeah. You're so intuitive. Well, Benedict I kind of am. did a QA the <laughs> other day on Instagram and it was something about like, you know. Uh, write, tell some jokes about the show or something and he was like Nikki Glazer um, gave the has the energy of um, a substitute teacher who would try to fuck your dad or something like that and I was like I was just having a bad morning I was like in a depressed mood and I was like this guy's calling me old like I'm gonna fuck your dad like why why wouldn't I try to fuck my students like I was offended that he was like making I'm like you know just and then someone was like but he said substitute teacher that like kind of means younger and I was like took it as like I'm old and I was just like yeah fuck this and I was mad and so I wrote underneath it um oh thanks for laughing after all of your punchlines so we know when to laugh otherwise we wouldn't know or something like that because he he is a comedian that he does this really great laugh and honestly I, I was just lashing out and then I took a shower and I was like still kind of like fucking mad about it and being like, I'm old and because I woke up on the wrong side of the fucking bed, my craftmatic adjustable bed because I'm old. And I was like, Really? Why I did went I that do bed. that? Oh my God, mom. <laughs> and so I wrote to him and I said, Benedict, that was so uncalled for. I just erased the comment. He goes, Why did you erase that? That was the best thing ever that's ever happened to me. You roasted me. I took so much offense to it though because I was having a bad day. And, and the reason he's opening for me now is because I was like, I'm just mad at you for because of my own shit. And I was like, come open for me. Like, uh, so it was kind of beautiful that this thing where I got, and I appreciate any of these guys, anyone talking about me ever. I swear to God, <laughs> even if you say something bad about me, I appreciate it because it's acknowledging I exist, which is also is my, what I want. Yeah. Essentially, you know, like, and it was, a, and it was a playful joke. I roasted these guys so fucking hard every night when they like had their love. These, right. they were like, everyone like i posted a joke last night that i did and people were like oh the guys their reaction to it wasn't that great and i'm like they put up with so much shit they would come out for these elimination rounds and they were like so tense and like they're worried about the show they're in love with this girl and i'm like oh my my period is tonight and you guys look like you're farting a lot like they were just like oh god like can we not that's a good point you are kind of mean to them so i'm gonna take back what i had to say it's not a good show (laughs) (laughs) Final thought. Let's next next fan frags. 
Okay, let's uh, go with Aaron. Hey, Nikki, Andrew, and Noah. This is Bestie Aaron from Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I have a suggestion maybe for, uh, I don't know, maybe just like a good game or short segment of like lies parents told us as kids that you learn later on into adulthood were just so not true. Santa. Um, one of what, one of mine is when I was younger, I desperately wanted to try out for American Idol Mm. and I am a terrible singer. Um, this memory just came back. I was belting the lyrics to you and I both by Jason Raz. And, um, um, yeah, that was one that I used to record myself into my pink razor and my poor family. Um, it got to the point where they told me that it was impolite to sing indoors. So if I wanted to practice my vocals, I had to do it in the backyard. And to, I mean, well into my adulthood, I thought that it was horribly rude to break into song indoors. Um, it kind of is. Anyways, yeah, there's a lot. But that to is so funny. There, but I love you guys so much. Um, and I would love to hear your versions of what your parents told you. Uh, signing off. You and I both. Jason Mraz. Um, I love you so much. First of all, I sang you and I both with Jason Mraz at that show in San Diego. And I love it so much. How does it Do you, I, Oh, because you and I. Yeah, but it starts at. Oh. Was it you who spoke the words that things would happen just not to me? Oh, things. Well, oh, this is so rude. I'm singing indoors. Um, <laughs> I had a similar thing to this. When I remember singing in front of you and dad at one point, and you guys said, you know where you should sing is the bathroom because the acoustics are better. And so you sent me away to the bathroom <laughs> and I was in there and I realized as I was in there, I put it together <laughs> that <laughs> they wanted to watch the TV show they were yeah. watching and they wanted me to get out of the room. Get out of there. Well, you, it does have great acoustics. It's, yeah, what, that's, it's true. It's true. I um, love this question. I love it too. And we've done, Do we've done it on our show before and somebody texted in our show and I love this one so much. So obviously like the you know, every summer the ice cream man comes around and it's like, it's hell for parents. Apparently. I don't know. You know, like Brando. Yeah. It's just like, but it's also like disrupts the entire family. They do it at dinner time and all this stuff. Yeah. And somebody in like, you know, Columbia, Illinois or something breeze or something said um, that their parents told them that when they heard the ice cream man song, it meant they were out of ice cream. <laughs> That is oh so God, funny. good. So they only played the song when they were out of ice cream. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah, that's pretty brilliant. Um, I'm trying to think of ones. Mrs. Santa, Blazer? for me, was a huge deception. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huge. I, I mean, I, yeah, we I, went I, to I have trust issues to this day about it. Well, well we, we wanted, you were so in love with Santa and the Easter Bunny and all this. It things. wasn't, it was just, like, I liked him, like, just the like idea of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you were in love with him. My favorite, one of my favorite things that, it's, that I've ever witnessed was uh, at Nikki, at Lauren's wedding. Nikki did a whole oh big, <laughs> whole oh big speech. And part of her speech was, you know, Lauren did everything before me. And like, obviously, Lauren got married before you. And La Lauren does all these things before me. She's doing this before me. But she, Which is ironic because she's my younger sister. She, which, yeah, because yeah, she's my younger sister. And she found out that Santa Claus wasn't real before me, which oh, is like yeah. really embarrassing. But at the there were kids at the wedding. So they found out. They found out that Santa at wasn't real from my fucking 
yeah best woman's speech or whatever the fuck it was oh who cares but they were I, crying in the bathroom I was yeah like, they, honestly it's better they know now because later on they're gonna feel so disappointed when they're in fifth grade and they yeah. finally find out that santa isn't real it was a tough revelation what, for you what about you mrs glazer because you would have had things that were her you parents know, didn't from like no she existed she was one of ten <laughs> she, yeah. they didn't they they, they there were some hard truths if anything they didn't lie to her they it was yeah they never told us do you anything. remember though anything like uh, something they told us that would have been yeah we just gave several examples yeah no not really they really never uh talked to you they never really talked to us. <laughs> no, they, didn't. they didn't know we. My existed. mom would just like run around the neighborhood yeah. and like. It is a miracle you weren't molested. No, and I think you I think that like, maybe I was. It was like and the seventies though. So weren't there any like old times where they like no, it was, don't get it don't was get 60s. high on your own supply? It was no. When I was really young, <laughs> I like, mean, I was five and six. My mother said, "You never met a stranger," and I'm like, "Well, God damn it, Mom! You let me sit at the bus stop and go home with strangers and go get a cookie." Yeah, what she meant was, "You never met like everyone was your friend, right?" And that that's is what she meant. But what she should be saying is, "Don't talk to strangers." Exactly. But instead, she was like, "You Amen. love strangers, and we just let you go off with you any stranger." Just did. I knew everyone on our street. I'd been I in their say, house intimately. No, the one thing that. And they've been in you intimately. I will say the one thing that I remember my mom telling me as a young kid, and I've said this before, is that if you go, we lived on a river, Nikki. Oh, yeah. If you go down to the river. Had to. I said, you will die. So my (laughs) mom. If you go across that street, you will fall down. And you. It wasn't you might die. You will die. And you will never see us again. I had to scare the shit out of you. That's what she would say to me. I had uh, to do it. But I think that was like an un, like the undertone of your entire relationship with your mom like through your childhood. Yeah. Because dangerous was your first word and yes. like everything yeah. was no, out to get you. I, we moved on a white water river and we, yeah. she could have died. But well, hey, she's not wrong. You're but alive right now. Died. Yeah, you're alive. Could have died. Alive. But well, then the irony was my he, dad would come home from work and want to go kayaking and go, Nick, come on, let's go in the canoe. Let's go kayaking. Well, that Let's was different. Fish. And I would go, no, no, <laughs> He's trying to murder you. Yes. Well, that's why you hate well, me yeah. wanting to climb mountains yes, and doing dangerous because things. because you will, t- yes. well, that's like, my, there was this one time, yeah, I know we have to rep- sense. There was this one time that I was with Sabrina Jalees walking in Brooklyn and we came across oh. these little girls that were probably like four years old, two little girls, four years old, and they were on razor scooters, their little razor scooters, and they were going so fast, and there were busy, busy roads. I mean, and these little girls definitely shouldn't have been out. They got out, and they just, like, went on a little adventure, just, you know, probably up a couple blocks from their apartment. But I started chasing them because they were going so fast, and I was like, these girls don't have a chaperone. There's no one in sight. Their so ears I, are pierced. What do you mean? I'm just kidding. Oh, so I, I went, and I Tattoos. Started, and, I, <laughs> and I chased them because I was like, I need to find out where they're going, and these girls... No one's watching. So I chased them. They went back to their house. I went up to the door and I was like, were you, or I, I, I on the street, I was like, girls, are, is, is anyone, are you with anyone? They were like, our, ma- our babysitter's inside. And so I went up to the porch and I was like, hey, these girls got out in there. She was like, oh shit. And she seemed to be alarmed. And, um, but I, but no, no, actually they said she's inside. And the girls went inside and through the screen door, I said, girls, if you ever do that again, and Sabrina witnessed this, and this was before I had put together my mom's kind of like weird warnings for me. I said, 
If you ever do that again, you will die. No, you didn't. These are very. These were roads that were like I'm not kidding you, like Manchester Road, like 40 miles an hour, right outside their door. Good these advice. girls were, on, and I go, you will die. <laughs> and I went back to the street huh. after I said that these girls are looking at me through the screen door that they've run inside because a woman was chasing them, and they're in the screen door just like <laughs> looking at me like shaking like, and I go, you will die. Do not ever go out without an adult ever 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 such good advice and i went back to the street and sabrina and her wife shauna were just like nikki what was that that was really disturbing and they were both like that was and i was like what was wrong with like i had no idea what i had done and they were like you told them they would die if they go outside and i was like but yeah because that's going to scare them from going out and doing something where they'll die I mean, we've come full circle. You cannot do K2. You will die. See. 25% chance. All right, guys, we got to go. Um, thank you so much for watching the show, listening to the show. Have such a great weekend. Don't be K and Jackie Joyner Kersey. Andrew's Rich Brother. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Yeah. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Like you, Jonah, who's a music person and also a mental health counselor. And you, Vanessa, who is an actress, comedian, and I think you even wrote a children's book. Wow. I sure did. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it. That's really it. And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) As a high school student. Plus, legendary sisters Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. You would pull the bag out and then we would eat the eat all the leftover the leftover chocolate chips which was a lot then you'd roll the oh, barrel up so to fun. up the hill and then one of us would get inside the barrel and they'd push you down and we've also had an amazing guest like mike the miz jason isbell carrie brownstein and corin tucker of slater kinney and many more and you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like change.dork <laughs> change.dork and congratulations you played yourself Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. So in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about marriage, divorce, my family, my career. I'm also going to be talking a lot about cancer, the ups and the downs, everything that I've learned from it. It's going to be a wild ride. So listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. 
Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey there, fellow 20-somethings. It's your girl, Sydney Winter. And guess what? The wait is finally over. Season four of Crying in Public is here, and I'm flying solo for the very first time. That's right, no co-host to rein me in, just me and myself in the mic. From relationships to careers and all the awkward encounters in between, we're covering it all. So mark your calendars and set your reminders because Crying in Public is dropping its juiciest season yet. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 